Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Word of God for our special consideration this Sunday is our second lesson, Romans 6, 1 through 11. It's printed in your bulletins and already read. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, do you remember your baptism? As far as the event itself, if you were baptized as an infant or a small child, I don't expect that you do. If you were baptized as an older child or as an adult, then I imagine you remember at least the, the basic facts about that day. But do you remember your baptism? Do you think about it? Do you find it useful? Do you put it to work? in the same way that you remember your car keys, or for that matter, that you remember to put on clothes in the morning. For many Christians, there, there doesn't seem to be much point to, to doing that. They, they think of baptism as a, a one-off event that's good to have done, but remains in the past. And if they mistakenly think of baptism only as a work that we do in obedience to God or, or as a way to, to tell the world that you've chosen to be a Christian, well, then it makes more sense to just think of their baptisms as things that happened but that don't have much significance for their daily lives. But the Word of God teaches us to think differently from that about our baptisms, whether we remember the event itself or not, whether it's something that we chose for ourselves or not. A reading from Romans 6 makes it clear why your being baptized is something that you should have regularly in your mind to, to reflect on and, and rejoice. It is not only central to your faith. It is essential to your identity as a child of God and for your way of life. You might not realize that the Christian church has always given baptism this central role. When worship begins with, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and the sign of the cross, that is a remembrance of what was said and done at everyone's baptisms. It unifies every believer present when we begin that way as we gather to receive God's gifts in word and sacrament, to give Him thanks and praise, and to instruct and encourage each other. The two main creeds, the Apostles and the Nicene Creeds, each follow the same order with three articles. This is what we believe about God the Father. This is what we believe about God the Son. And this is what we believe about God the Holy Spirit. That's not just a, a logical arrangement. It reflects the fact that the first creeds were the confessions of faith made by converts to show that they were ready with fully informed faith to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and thereby take membership in Christ's church alongside all their brothers and sisters in the faith. It was for much the same reason that Martin Luther wrote the small catechism, 
and it became the basis for instruction and confirmation for membership in the Lutheran Church. It contains the basic teachings of God's Word that are necessary for a, a properly informed faith. Not just so that everyone might know what's right, but so that everyone might also be able to live according to that faith. So today, when we're talking about baptism, we can let Luther remind us of what it's all about. The sacrament of holy baptism, as the head of the family, should teach it in the simplest way to those in his household. First, what is baptism? Baptism is not just plain water, but it is water used by God's command and connected with God's word. Which is that word of God? Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Matthew, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What does baptism do for us? Baptism works forgiveness of sin, delivers from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this, as the words and promises of God declare. What are these words and promises of God? Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Mark, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. How can water do such great things? It is certainly not the water that does such things, but God's word, which is in and with the water, and faith, which trusts this word used with the water. For without God's word, the water is just plain water and not baptism. But with this word, it is baptism. That is, a gracious water of life and a washing of rebirth by the Holy Spirit. Where is this written? St. Paul says in Titus chapter 3, God saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. What does baptizing with water mean? Baptism means that the old Adam in us should be drowned by daily contrition and repentance, and that all its evil deeds and desires be put to death. It also means that a new person should daily arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Where is this written? St. Paul says in Romans chapter 6, We were buried with Christ through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now that last reference should have sounded a little familiar. It's part of our reading today from Romans 6, and Luther's summary of, of the meaning of baptism for our daily lives could be considered a summary of Romans chapter 6. To Paul's already powerful imagery of death and resurrection, Luther adds the picture of drowning, the waters of baptism putting to death the old Adam, that is, our, our sinful natures within us, so that from those waters, a cleansed and refreshed child of God can rise up 
and do the things that the children of God have been created and called to do and, and, and love to do. There is, however, another powerful image in our reading that is often and easily overlooked. In fact, some English versions of the Bible just translate it away and, and lose the picture language. In verse 4, one of the purposes of baptism is revealed to be that we too would also walk in a new life. The word walk there makes it clear that our lives as baptized children of God are active lives that are always moving forward in following His will. We cannot be content to, to sit on the couch or lie in our beds or, or simply stare at the world going by. We're not just living. Instead, we are on the move, not only seeking to grow our faith, but also working to fulfill our various vocations and, and to grow in sanctification, which means that we are not only walking toward what God's Word points us to, we are also actively and determinedly walking away from all that God's Word condemns and from all the fear, frustration, and despair of our lives before Christ. Perhaps it will help to, to put these truths into a story of sorts. Christian wakes up in the morning and gets dressed. As he's buttoning his shirt, he remembers bits and pieces of a troubling dream he had and realizes that his dream self was acting on some less-than-godly impulses that could come from nowhere but his own sinful heart and mind. So before he goes down to breakfast, Christian prays a quick prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, making the sign of cross as he begins. And he asks God not only to forgive whatever sins he has committed, but also to guide, guard, and keep him. After breakfast, just as he's getting ready to start his daily devotion with the Bible, his phone buzzes, and he answers it quickly. Hey, distraction. I thought I told you never to call me in the morning. I don't have time for you. I have infinitely more valuable and important things to invest my time and energy in. Leave me alone. Goodbye. Forty minutes later, Christian leaves the house to head to his job. Almost as soon as he steps out the door, his next-door neighbor comes up and starts walking beside him. Oh boy, Christian, I bet you really don't want to go to work today. All those people there who just waste your time with their stupid issues and problems and requests when, when you have so many other things that you'd rather be doing. Things that would do you a lot more good. Get lost, selfishness, Christian says. Jesus left you nailed to His cross and you have no place in my life now. I'm looking forward to my work today because it's another chance God has given me to love and serve my neighbor and to represent my Savior to a world that needs to see more of Him. Selfishness tries a few more times to engage Him, but Christian refuses to take the bait and continues on his way. Later that day, during a break at work, a message pops up on Christian's computer. The sender is disguised, but it doesn't take long to figure out who sent it. 
Because it's an invitation to go places and do and see and say and engage with things on the internet that are not pure or lovely or beneficial for anyone's faith. So Christian types a quick response. I know this is you, sin. Leave me alone. Don't you remember what happened? Jesus killed you when He went to the cross and died for me. And since I have been baptized into His death, you are dead to me now, sin. You don't interest me, you don't have a claim on me, and you certainly don't control me. You're not my friend, you're my enemy. Go away and don't come back. I'm going to stay busy with my family business, with doing what my Father wills and my brother Jesus. And that's just what Christian does. He has a good day at work because he knows he is doing the things that please God while he serves his neighbor and fulfills the responsibilities of his vocation. It is tiring, though. It is work. And on his walk home, he stumbles slightly as the ground beneath him becomes uneven. He stops and looks around and realizes what has happened. Oh, no, you don't. I see what you did there, old life. You left me a nice rut to lead me off the path I was walking, to lead me back to the things that I used to do that I thought were so good but were really evil and kept me away from my Lord and His reward. <laughs> old life, don't worry about it. I am done with you. I have a new life now in Christ. I'm, I'm getting back to the path He is laid out for me. And when Christian gets home in the evening, tired after struggling all day, he finds someone familiar waiting for him on the front porch. Hey, Christian, can I come inside with you? I promise it'll be for just a while. No. No, you can't. Because you have been crucified, old self. You do not belong here. You are not wanted here. And you are dead. Take your urges and your ideas, your habits and your ego, and go jump in a deep, deep hole. Or here, let me drown you there myself. You have no place with me anymore, old self. You were crucified when my Savior Jesus went to the cross to save me. So go away and stay dead. Though all Christian wanted the rest of the night was to rest in the Lord. His old acquaintances still kept calling. The last, before he said his prayers and went to bed, spoke to him from the shadows. You don't know what's going to happen, Christian. It's all dark ahead. That means pain and terror. Be afraid, Christian. And remember, heaven is only for the good. So maybe that's not where you're going. What are you going to do about it? So Christian turns and shines a light, dispelling the darkness. I know that's you, Death, but you can't scare me anymore. I have been baptized into Christ Jesus, and that means that just as I was buried with Him in His death, so also I have been raised with Him in His resurrection. I went into the waters dead, but came out alive to God in Christ. So Death, you are dead to me. I'm not afraid. 
I have certain hope, and I know eternal life is mine. Not because of anything I have done, but entirely because of what God has done for me. He washed me clean of my sins, made me holy, gave me faith and life, and made me His own dear child. You've got no business with me anymore, death. I have been baptized. So get out of here. Now, Christian's life, his walk, is your life. Your walk. Yes, he struggles every day with his old enemies, as do you, as do I. But he knows, as you do, that the baptized always have already the victory in Christ. Everything evil and frightening has been put to death, and everything good and holy has been brought to life in you, just as Jesus was brought to life again in the tomb after his death on the cross. That is what we have been baptized into, and that gives baptism its meaning and gives us power for everything that we need power for, just as Paul reminded us. The death Christ died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives for all. So, in the same way, also consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. Please rise. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.